Hello, friends. Welcome to the inaugural episode for Conversations with My Sister. My sister Lauren and I love talking about anything and everything. We all know this past year has been a difficult one for so many, including us. As we try to stay connected with each other from opposite sides of the world, we thought we would share our conversations and just see what happens. We have been on a parallel journey doing a lot of growing and personal transformation. As part of this, we are learning to acknowledge that our voices matter, we matter, and you matter. So here we are. Who knows if any of what we talk about will resonate, but we hope in some way when you listen, you feel like you are part of the conversation too, and maybe feel a little less lonely. In this chat, topics range from sitting with discomfort, parenting and emotions, to books and British versus American words and everything in between. These are genuine, normal conversations. They are unscripted and we have no agenda. We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything we talk about. So come and follow our Facebook page and join the conversation. Lots of love from us and thanks for listening. How are you? I'm okay, I guess. This has been a really weird week. I don't know if it's the moon or what, but I've been very well emotional in a weird sort of way I don't I don't really know not like everything (laughs) bothers me but like I'll just suddenly have moments where I just feel like I want to cry why do I I know you've had that before right Kelly like you're just like I don't know it's just not yeah completely down like I can do things that'll make me feel happy but if I sit with myself for too long I'm like I feel really sad right now and it could be all sorts of things. It could, you know, who who knows? Yeah, I've definitely had weeks like that. And you're kind of trying to figure out, like, is this mine or is it somebody else's? <laughs> or and, why, yeah. why am I feeling this way? It's weird when you, because usually we're pretty good at knowing what it is. Mm-hmm. So I think it feels really off-putting when you can't really put your finger on it. Yeah. I mean, I do think it has a little to do with... um kind of you know I'm, I'm kind of at I'm kind of at the end of what I've been living with you know for a couple of years now and mm. I'm to a couple of months and I'm I'm like simultaneously like excited and eager for it but I'm also a little terrified yeah <laughs> you know I think part of it's that and there's the grieving of just you know, I've, I've started getting rid of stuff in the house and doing all this stuff. So I think it probably has a lot to do with that. Yeah, um, probably and right. And just, you know, peeling away layers, continuing to peel away layers. But it's kind of a bummer because like part of you, like rationally, you're like, I should feel good. It's sunny out. I'm doing something fun. And then you're like, but I feel really sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's. I know. But isn't that funny how we associate that? We're like, it's sunny out I should be happy and you're like <laughs> it's raining I should be gloomy and cozy and you're like well actually I mean growing up in Las Vegas I always was excited when it was rainy and I got tired of the sunshine so it's just right. funny how like your perspective shifts that but yeah like, it's a beautiful day I should enjoy it but yeah what, it what was it uh, the phrase I heard someone say that really stuck to me because I'm I'm like I'm really into gratitude and practicing gratitude yeah but there are times someone might use the phrase of you don't have to bash yourself over the head with gratitude. <laughs> it's like, 
yes that makes so much sense like we can be grateful but that doesn't mean we have to be grateful every second of our lives you know like well, yeah yeah and it's okay like part of me's just been trying to sit with my sadness like yeah if I need to cry right now I'm just gonna cry yeah it's exactly. Funny that, it's funny that you bring up gratitude because last night well I know you listened to my my latest whiskey and weird this morning yeah. uh, but I was I was I was having a hard time so it was hard for me to get in the mood for it right mm-hmm. but I I know that once I start I enjoy it I mean I just love talking about yeah I could I could tell at the beginning you, you were in a funny mood. right you like yeah. well that's the thing I just kind of show up however I am right? I know but I, I love just, that I love that about you I'm like yeah I'm tired of this shit yeah I know but so of course once people start and and that's part of why the interaction piece is important for me on there because Mm -hmm. that really gives me energy yeah interacting with people with similar interests it it feeds that but of course last night now I did have you know a couple friends who were like I can't stay on but I wanted to say hi which is awesome but then I had you know these these two great guys that are always on there and at the end I was like okay I I feel kind of bummed out because there weren't more people and I was already in a mood and so I was just really trying to focus on the fact that there were at least these two people that totally are engaged and and talk to me and ask questions and respond and you know I was trying to focus on the on the gratitude of that because um because it's important you know like and I wouldn't want to be complete you know but it was fun it was good um yeah I enjoyed the chat Oh well that yeah, it's 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 fun to just talk about weird and random things sometimes. Um, yeah, I know. I always wish I could join live because I'm always like commenting. I know, <laughs> like, I love it when you comment on it. <laughs> I'm like, I want to talk to you too. <laughs> I know. I'll have to have another I I should do them every once in a while just on a different timeline just so other people can can chime in. Um but I was, yeah I was actually just thinking about you and like the whole premise of like your whiskey and weird podcast that you do because you've always been very like open about like I don't know what I'm doing I'm just showing up as I am you know which yeah. is what it's all about but it's it's funny cause just before this um I was thinking about that because I just read this article that a friend shared a group of friends in a chat we were talking about Rachel Hollis I don't know do you know who she is that huh, that name sounds familiar she, to me. She's written that book Girl Wash Your Face and Oh yes, okay. Uh-huh. Some, yeah, some I other things. Book, yeah. I read the book because a lot of people um were like ra- raving about her. I think she was published by like a Christian publishing house or something. And um the book was the book was all right. I mean, I didn't, you know, I thought it was all right. But there was always something about her that just didn't like sit right with me I don't know everything she did felt really contrived and really like Mm -hmm. I don't know just I don't I just couldn't put my finger on it and it's interesting because I was reading this article and it's just like because she has all this religious following and then I guess in the past year since the pandemic she and her husband um, just announced they were getting a divorce and just the month before they had put a podcast out about like talking about makeout sessions and just weird you know like and how she's made some not so great um 
decisions of like videos she's posted that have made her come off as a bit um, privileged and racist and that kind of thing. And I just, it's just interesting how like you can have these instincts about people sometimes, but then you're not really sure what it is. And then suddenly it, it kind of reveals itself and you're like, oh, my, my intuition was right about that. I just didn't have yeah, know, all the yeah. information. <laughs> Yeah, well, in a hundred percent, your intuition's going to be right about that, and then you start to recognize, like, like it's all the same. You do the practice, you you know, you do the meditation, you do the, you take note when you when you have those connections, and then you can more easily read what that means. Yeah, like when you come across a person, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> like okay, I I know what I'm sensing here, and I can trust it because I've I've felt it before. Um, but that you see, and that's the thing, like there's so many, I think there are more and more people that are just trying to show up, you know, as more authentically, you see more of that. Well, and uh, I think those, yeah, those kind of stories though, just show you the importance of being authentic, because if you're not, you're going to get found out eventually. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Especially today. And, you know, the way everything shows up on social media and, you know, you can't just hide away somewhere. So you might as well just be, just be who you are. But yeah, when someone puts out some video about, you know, something and then I'm like, yeah, I, it's, it's frustrating really. Um, and it, it, you know, sometimes it's frustrating because it feels like those people seem to have a lot of success up front and you're like, mm-hmm. why is that person so successful? Like, is that really what we, you know, we want to, crave or do we crave I don't know dishonesty and inauthenticity on well in some ways it also kind of shows that there's a lot of people out of touch with themselves to buy into certain people as well do you know what I mean to not not notice that that person doesn't seem genuine or whatever it might be yeah well yeah because they, they something in them resonates um, and it's not necessarily a good thing. It's kind of that vibration, right? You are attracted to people who vibrate the same as you. And sometimes people vibrate really low. And if you're vibrating mm. low, that's who you're going to be interested in, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of that, though. Like, it's, it's just easier to be, to be yourself. Yeah. It's funny, it's funny, though, how you come across... <laughs> There's this person I've been interacting with and um, like you can be as as like some people are so guarded to reality and are like, I don't know how to explain this without, but like this person, I, I can be 100% upfront, say everything about myself and it's like they still can't see it. Like they choose not to see it you know? and you're like... <laughs> And like, I don't know, it, it's really weird. It's kind of a, a weird, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that is about. It's kind of new to me. Um, Can you give like an example? Um, I'm, maybe I can. Let's see. Um, it doesn't have to be a real example, just a fake example. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know. I have to be careful. I'm trying to see. Um. I don't know. Like, you know how I can be like upfront and I just say things and, and I, I like I can, you know, say I'm this and this and this. And then the the person will come back with this weird, 
weird quite or not a question like a statement or an observation that's completely a hundred percent off base <laughs> you know and do you think like, it's just like someone being oblivious or someone just being like <coughs> completely just out of touch with <laughs> i don't know see that's the thing i'm like can someone be that oblivious or like i'll say if you want to know something just ask me and they still just won't ask. Like, like I'm not going to, like, I don't know. I shouldn't be talking about this, but it's just really frustrating. And, you know, you meet new people all the time that I, they just, I, my mouth is just like a gape. I'm like, I, I feel like I've already met every version of a person. <laughs> well, this, this goes back to like what we were just talking about though, is like, We've talked about this before, how sometimes some people are so out of touch with themselves Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. they can't come to terms with someone who's actually just completely themselves like you are. Do you know what I mean? It probably throws them off in some way, like being like, no, this can't be it, right? Like, I'm not used to people being like this, so surely it must be something else or... I don't know maybe it's like that a bit I think it is and I think it's like I peg people like and especially when they start kind of pushing me a little bit I'll I will say you know I'll be like okay I know this about you so why are you know I think they get thrown off people don't like it I think that's probably really terrifying to some people where they're like I hardly know this person and she knows me a (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent You know what I mean? Yeah, because you're reading a person and yeah. Yeah. And I don't intend, I don't, you know, I don't just jump on people and say, oh, you know, like I, you know, here's who you are and how you are. But when they start trying to press something, I'm like, I see right through you. You do realize this, right? Like, I don't know. It's, (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it's funny. Something to laugh about. But, uh, but yeah, I think people are just, it's hard. People want to, but it's, it's. I think it's scary to them. I think I think people like us are scary. Well, I'm scary to people. Honestly, I think people are scared of me sometimes. But <laughs> it's funny hearing you say that because I don't I don't know what would be scary. But I get what I get what you mean of feeling like that people might think that. Yeah, I, well, but it, I, but it's not really scary in the term that I think it you mean or some people might think it's like yeah yeah I don't mean like oh my god but I people are apprehensive or put their guard up or something like they're it's almost like they're fearful of you're gonna show them who they really are or I don't know if that makes any sense but a hundred percent I I totally get it but here's the thing if those people show up to me as authentically as I aim to show up to them, why there's nothing to worry about. Right. Yeah, exactly. If, if people are afraid of me, it's because they're afraid of showing up themselves. And, and I get that. And, but I don't go out of my way to like point stuff out about people. You know what I mean? That's the funny thing. It's not like, I'm like, you know, you're really insecure and you need to deal, you know, I don't do that even though I might see it, but, um, but people definitely keep their distance, certain kinds of people from, from people like me. <laughs> well, but because I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I always, it's probably better for you anyway. <laughs> it is 100% better for me. But sometimes it's a bummer too. Like, yeah, I think I make people feel things that they don't want to feel. That's what mm. happens. 
Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. That's what I kind of meant when I said that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're revealing feelings and thoughts to people that they probably have kept at a distance or. Yeah, Yeah, and then it makes you really uncomfortable going, oh, oh God, this is not (laughs) what I'm used to. (laughs) I'm uncomfortable. Don't make me uncomfortable. Don't yeah, don't. But that's 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 what um I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that podcast yet. That one with um, Resma McKinnon. Yeah, I well, I started one. it. I started it while I was on the decompression table today. I listened to probably, well, it was only a half an hour. I think I have like a little over an hour left. <clears throat> it, it, it's because at some point he talks about that, like in um dealing with like race issues and stuff, and this whole idea of. And it goes along with this whole idea of loving your pain and sitting with your discomfort and all that kind of stuff and just getting people back into their body before they can move on to anything else. But it's just that whole idea of suddenly someone's doing something and you feel uncomfortable and we try to like, oh God, this is uncomfortable. I got to do something to feel better, whether that's yoga or meditation or like, you know, go for a run or do have a dance party. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's appropriate, but that with certain things that we're meant to be dealing with, we should just be able to sit with it and notice how it feels in our body and notice what it means. And it, it goes back to that whole kind of thing. Like people are really afraid to sit with discomfort. I mean, I have been. That's what I've been learning these past months is actually just, you know, sitting with my pain or my hard feelings. Well, that response has been kind of, it's been, that's, it's been fostered in us. Like, mm. don't, you know what I mean? That's just like a generational thing. It's how, you know, we, we just don't address our feelings. So how can you learn? You can't learn anything without practice and yeah. without an invitation into it. I think it's interesting too, like, you know, you know, it's important to sit with your feelings and this idea like people, when you use things like yoga or meditation or exercise or dancing, I think the difference is using, using that to avoid the feelings or if you know how to use them to help you move through the feelings. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, so there is a difference. Yeah. There, is a, there is a difference, but I think you're <clears throat> right that most people or like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for a run so I can get all this, you know, I'm just, I can think about something else, but we need to be able to, to think about it. And, and yeah. for me, and I think like you too, that stuff very much is about being in our bodies, mm. uh, and about sitting with that, you know, like the dancing, for instance, is a very kind of spiritual, emotional thing for, for me and you and for many, many people, right. Yeah. That, that you use it to kind of to create a positive energy flow, um, not to eliminate that energy, but to, to just get it moving and, um, and releasing it. So yeah, just most people use, I think that's, I think that's the whole, like I, I, you've seen sometimes when I make the distinction between like self care and self nurture. And for me, that's kind of what it is like, Mm. You know, self-care might be, okay, I'm going to do something that's going to make me happy in the moment, but I feel like self-nurturing when that's really your focus is about making you feel better in the long term because you're, Mm. you know, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's a bit like 
what I think some of Koya's about or like when you choose a song that just helps you feel an emotion stronger like um, there's a thing I learned from strategize stuff which is like swamping it came from one of the books we read um, and it's this like whole thing of putting on a song that matches your emotion and just like letting your body work through it to that song that kind of feel helps you feel that feeling even if it's like you're angry or you're sad and that's the whole point of, of using it to work through it instead of ignoring it which yeah. is which always you know it feels good for sure and but people people you know are gonna avoid I mean, the same people we were talking about earlier just won't do that stuff because it's yeah. all about the fear of feeling, of really getting to the heart. It's funny that you bring that up. I remember, you know, when I was teaching preschool, I used to do um, activities around that with kids, like, you know, having them paint, like listen to music. So part of it was learning how to associate feelings with music, because music is very much about emotions and, mm-hmm. you know, inviting kids to paint how the music made them feel or to just move their bodies however the different kind of music made them feel and focusing in on on that word like feeling is okay and if this one makes you feel like jumping up and down and this one makes you feel like rolling around in circles then that's okay because everyone feels it differently and yeah and those are those are the kinds of things that we need to be doing more for for kids, for young people, so that they, so that they are in their bodies, this whole idea, you know, of being in your body, because that's really, that's really what our human experience is about, is about taking that, which is so much bigger than our body, and learning how to be in it, so. um, Well, it's kind of funny, because I feel like with, with Evelyn, for instance, she, she feels really strongly like when she gets mad she gets mad and she screams and she stomps her feet she'll say I'm angry you know not angry but like I'm mad I'm grumpy but then like because she does it and she just like lets it go through her body like she's then over it like pretty quickly after that and moves on you know (laughs) and so I don't I don't get upset with her. Be like, you know, you need to calm down or something. I mean, sometimes if she's not stopping screaming, I will, you know, you know, say something. But it's just interesting to watch that in small children, like how they, how they yeah. deal with their emotions. And they just do. They just feel them. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And there's no judgment. They're just in the moment. This is how I feel, and I'm gonna let it out. <laughs> Yeah. And we try to teach them, quote unquote, how to deal with them in ways that are, quote unquote, appropriate. Yeah. But the problem is, this is the thing, like this whole attitude when I get from from all sorts of people in my work, in even just people I know who are like, well, you don't teach them now, they'll never learn. And I'm like, that's a bunch of bullshit. That's not really true. Like, because that's not how the brain works. Now, you know, if you nurture an activity in the wrong ways, then you, yes, are going to create something that you don't want to create. But letting a child feel what they're feeling and just showing them, you know, obviously they can't be, it can't be safe. You have to let them know that their way of expressing themselves needs to be safe for themselves and safe for the people around them. Yeah, that's that's not hard to do. And that's a pretty simple message. 
but to tell them, you know, you can't kick and scream when you're mad because when you're older, you can't kick and scream. Well, no, duh. Like, I just hate that. (laughs) You know? Yes, I know. It it works itself. You're like, they're not an adult yet. They're still three. (laughs) I know. I'm like, just, it'll work itself out and they'll let it go and they won't be harboring you know, that lollipop they didn't get when they wanted it for the rest of their lives because you didn't let them be mad about it right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Instead yeah. of 30 years from then, 30 years from now, they're suddenly remembering. For some reason, I have this, like, memory ingrained in my mind of that time you wouldn't let me have that lollipop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're like, and I don't know why I remember that, but it's like, it's because kind of- it felt horribly traumatic because I had a feeling that you wouldn't let me have. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, and that's just the minor stuff. Like people, you know, gosh, it just drives me crazy. But I, I get it because most, you know, the re the response to that is, well, I turned out okay. You know, I didn't get to behave that way. Oh, I hate when people say that. (laughs) I I have people I know really well said, did you really turn out okay? Like, I'm like, well, actually, I've probably said that before. And I'm like, I have issues. Just like we all have issues. So we didn't, none of us really turned out that okay. <laughs> and really, are we going for mediocrity here? Because I know what I'm going for. Well, it's kind of like we all, well, a lot of times we tell kids to calm down, don't we? Like, yeah. And like a lot of times, if, if one of my kids is really frustrated and they just can't get out of that, like, oh, I'll try to sit with them and say, let's take a breath for a minute or something, which then they use on me if I'm like frustrated. <laughs> take a which breath for me. Yeah. It's beautiful that they do that. I was just going to say, calm down. What the frig does that mean? Right? Well, like, because what adult, when have you ever liked someone to tell you to calm down? Right. <laughs> That's right. How about just a gentle touch on the back that, that gives. Yeah. Energy. Coming back into the body. Right. <laughs> yep. Or even reminding them, hey, let's take a breath together. That's another thing that I came to in time was not about telling someone to take a breath, but also let's breathe together. Yeah, that's what I do. Sometimes instead of saying it, I'll just do it myself. And Mm -hmm. sometimes they like fall into it. But that's like even now, like we have this instinct because we get caught up in like frustration and we do we all do it. But like I've I've been trying to learn like when like one of the kids is really like emotional and just like acting up and stuff you know we can easily yell at them but like I know for a fact that that like if you yell at Evelyn she will just burst into tears like even if she was just screaming you know what I mean because suddenly she feels that like jolt of like disapproval and or whatever it is so like with her Ashton if they're in that then sometimes I just pick them up and take them out of the room we're in not like in a timeout sense but I'll just go in the other room and sit down with them and just hug them mm-hmm. and sometimes they might push me away for a minute but like normally they'll just kind of ease into it and now it's really nice because they're kind of learning that like sometimes when they feel that way one they'll sometimes say and come like I want to cuddle or I want to hug you know like tonight Ashton was crying and he came over and like put his hands up to me and so I picked him up and I just like hugged him for a minute and kind of swayed with him while he cried for a minute and then I put him back down and Evelyn was watching me it was just before bedtime she's like 
will you do that to me? <laughs> so then I picked her up and like cuddled her and swayed with her for a minute too. And I said, does that feel nice? She's like, yeah. <laughs> It was so well, sweet. <laughs> and it's Kelly, that's a a beautiful example of how how we model for our children what can help them feel better mm-hmm. instead of telling them they need to feel better or how they should feel better. You know, you just you do it and, and in time they trust it. It's funny you talked about how in the beginning they kind of push you away. Mm-hmm. It's really sad how often parents who are so caught up in their own trauma that they feel victimized by their own child who pushes them away because yeah they take it you take it personally yeah and then then no no relationship is developed there and Mm -hmm. it's this opportunity um you know I have a similar story like with with Noah and how he had a hard time really and I I worked with him on on breathing and and just going you know like if he was having a hard time I would invite him to go you know you know, take some time in his room. Cause sometimes he, you know, he'd be, he'd be loud screaming or whatever and say, it's okay to be mad, but you know, we're trying to live our lives down here. So if you need the space go and he would like come down and he'd, he'd have the look on his face and he'd, and I'd be like, are you really ready? And after a while he'd be like, no. And he'd go back up to his room. <laughs> and then it was like in kindergarten, you know, I'd been working on breathing with him for probably two years at that point. And, and he, he was really, nervous about going to school it was like the second or third day and so um you know the principal came and um came out and she she met me and she's like um let's let's walk together and and we went to the to the class and kind of said um got to the room and and the principal with me was like okay no do you want to go sit in your chair or do you want to kind of go sit in the quiet area until you you feel ready for school and I he stood there and he stopped and he took like three or four big deep breaths and then he's like I'm gonna sit at my desk and it just still makes me want to cry because I was like one, he, he was remembering, he was embodying this, this skill that I had been teaching him that I never yeah. knew would actually work, you know, and just to recognize and understand like what he was feeling and wanting to help him in a hundred different ways, you know, but, yeah, but he, you know, they have the tools. We just have to kind of have the time and the space to let them practice and let them trust that they can actually work. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's such a, when they know a cuddle with mom is going to make me feel better and they seek it out, you know? Yeah. I mean, Noah yeah. still hugs me all the time, all the time, you know? Oh, that's so, so nice. Yeah. He, t- he told me just a couple weeks ago, I was, um, I stayed at my friend Arlene's house, house and dog sitting. And he told me when I came back, he said, I don't really sleep very well when you're not in the house with me. And I was like, oh, like, I kind of get that. But it was, it was pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, we have to we have to do it. I had this interesting, I think I'm going to blog about it. I was out on my walk. Well, it was kind of a walk. I actually messed up my knee the other day. So I was walking really slowly around the block. <clears throat> but I came across these two chairs. Like people just put chairs out and, you know, like, I don't know if they're getting rid of them. And one of them was like a big armchair fluffy you know chair and the other one was like one of those old restaurant type chairs Mm -hmm. like the padded black you know 
Yeah. It was right next to each other. And it was really bizarre because I've had this thought about this idea of like the two wisdoms and, and it made me think also of my parenting aware logo, how it's the mama bear and the baby bear, like nose to nose almost. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I I need to write about it because it's just been in the back of my mind. But this idea of, of, of this shared wisdom, the wisdom of the, the older person who has these years of a human experience, but also remembering that there's the wisdom of the young person who's showing up with a more of a connection to, to their source. And, mm. and I, if, if that makes sense, but it was really weird because I saw this and I actually was moved right away to take a picture of it. And usually it would have like pissed me off because I hate when people leave garbage and furniture on the side of the road, but something really spoke to me about this, this situation. But I think that that's what, it, like what you're talking about when you sit with your child who's hurting and you find a way together like to be to be together and to help each other be in your bodies and and just you know what I mean it's just you do that for each other but you have to be open to it like you have to trust the process as much as you're inviting your child to trust it Mm. right yeah definitely that's interesting about the the chairs and the two wisdoms because um in that podcast too, they were talking about the vagal nerve and um, Resmo was saying something about, you know, how when, you know, you're chatting to someone and they could be like thousands of miles away on the phone and they don't say anything in particular to give a clue away, but because you know them, you can tell when something's off and you'll say, are you all right? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. And it's like this sense, there's almost like a a vibration in the back of their throat or something that's slightly different that your body is sensing. And um, there's, it was this thing. So he was saying, that's what he noticed. He told a story about his grandmother when she was telling him about how she used to pick cotton. And that's why her hands were all fat and ugly and stuff. Cause they used to scratch her hands all the time. And he was just a small kid when he, he had this conversation with her and then at the end Krista Tippett you know comments back to that saying um because he was talking about this whole thing of coming into your body and feeling all these things mm-hmm. and how that's why small children and like grandparents or older people often have a special connection because older people a lot of times not all not all times but will have like this they're more settled in themselves and the kids can pick up on this. And there's like this sense of, I don't know. It's, it's almost like, you, you know how like at either end of life, you're almost closer to God in a certain way. Yeah. I don't know. It almost makes me yeah. think of that. Like there's this, it, it, it reminds me too, because you were talking about it, I think today. And um, when I listened to your whiskey and weird podcast, is that like the, this idea that um, we that kids are here to teach us probably more than we're here to teach them, but we're always trying to like, you know, push our wisdom onto them and our, you know, but um, actually they're probably here to teach us more than we realize as well. Oh yeah, well I think that goes back to the whole idea of of you know choosing. Yeah, I, I believe a hundred percent. I don't. I don't think. 
I don't think that when we choose our parents, we choose them because, um, you know, we choose them because they're, they're perfect. We choose them because they're going to provide us with the lesson. Yeah. And, um, but also because we can offer something to them. Because I believe each generation is, you, you know, usually older, is going to be older than the one it, it's born into, right? So our kids are older souls than we are. So they have mm-hmm. more experience and they're able to, you know, but the challenge is being open to that. And we've lived generations and generations, especially in this American kind of culture. Um, well, even in, you know, the culture in the UK, like that wisdom, you know, this whole idea of deference and, you know, all of that. And it's really kind of backwards. We have to go, we have to trust um, what the young people, what people, because they show up like, and I think that's probably why I've all, I've been drawn to young people, even before I kind of understood, you know, like they just, I've always thought there's so much wisdom there. Like I always have learned so much from a four-year-old, <laughs> whether, you know, like, I don't know. I just think they, they do, they show up and then we kind of beat it all out of them. <laughs> well, yeah, as, as, I- as they get older it really bothers me like how we as adults disregard children so much like because they're children we think they don't they don't know better so their opinions don't count as much do you know what I mean like I have this random memory that I always come back to and it kind of makes me think to this because I think back when I was younger and I went to um with our family friends to go to this horse show and they they couldn't bring me back from California so some friends of theirs drove me back and we stayed overnight somewhere in a hotel but we all stayed in the same room and their daughter was a little a little bit older than me I think I was I was nine or ten at the time I think and the adult the adults, I think there were two women. I can't remember. I just remember one of them in particular. And they basically, like, they got the beds and they put, like, this really hard cushion. Like, it's one of those decorative pillows that goes on hotel room. You know, like, one of those, like, kind of funny-shaped long ones. Yeah. And then, like, a sheet and a blanket on the floor. And I, that's where I had to sleep. And I just remember, like... I was so uncomfortable the whole night. Like, the pillow was horrible. And there was just, like, this complete disregard. For the fact that you were a human being? (laughs) Yeah, that I was, that it was so uncomfortable. It's like, oh, well, you're just a child. You can handle it. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's just this, like, I've always thought back to that because I just remember being so annoyed. And, like, I didn't sleep well at all. And I was so tired the next day. But you know, oh, you'll you're young, so you're you'll bounce back and you're fine. And I'm just like, but like, ah, I don't know. It's just it's something that's always like come back to me, but I've never really talked about it. You know what I mean? But it's this yeah. funny, like, I don't know. It just I remember it. That was a weird trip, anyway. Because on the way back to, we were the first on like a. Uh, the scene of a really bad accident just outside like the, on the outskirts of um the the state line to to Nevada oh and, I remember I remember when that happened and we stopped and pulled over and I didn't really know what was happening but like they were obviously describing the scene to me and 
Oh, it was just awful. I remember getting home that night. And then, of course, I was like, even now I can start to feel it in my body. Like I was literally like shaking with nerves because it made me so anxious what had happened. And I remember being sick in the night and stuff that night from it. Yeah. And I didn't see any of it. But one of the ladies in the car was a nurse. So she went to help. And but yeah, like I think I was just feeling the whole energy of that situation. But yeah, that was a weird. For sure you were. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, it's just weird. It's really weird how we, we treat children or not we, I think generally. Right. Yeah. And I, well, I think too, like there's a sense too that once they can talk fairly coherently with you, it feels like they're a lot older than they actually are. And so we kind of expect certain things of kids that they're not necessarily prepared to comprehend or do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's easy to fall, it's easy to fall into that because you think, oh, we're having this conversation. She must understand. And then you're like, well, actually, they're only six. You know what I mean? Well, and it's, it's, it's been a, like the greatest challenge for me is trying to explain. I, I think it's one of those things, um, you know, this whole idea of this knowingness resonates, right? And, and you're like, I don't, I, I don't, I, I know it, but I don't always know how to explain certain things and helping parents understand that your child is simultaneously more capable than you think and and not capable of other things like you know i used to say when i was a preschool director that we we have we have really high expectations but we don't impose them like we don't we don't like we, we don't impose on the kids what those expectations would be we just trust that they will show up and mm-hmm. you know, like like when parents don't know, oh, I can't ask my child that they're they're six years old. I'm like, well, you can in a, a six-year-old appropriate way. And you'd be surprised if you're willing to listen how much information you'll get from your child. Mm-hmm. But it's all about how we kind of impose our own stuff, our own belief systems, our own bullshit, our own trauma onto our kids without ever really listening to what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, part of that is like, okay, you know, they're 16 now, they need to know how to do this. I'm like, really? Is that because you were forced to know how to do that? Or because you really believe at 16, your kid's ready to do all that stuff? Because we do, you know, poor kids go off to high school, and they're expected to be adults, and they're anything but adults when they're in high school, you know. Um, But there's like this balance, because the things that they know, are the things that they're meant to be teaching us, and we don't let them. Does Mm. that make sense, right? Like, I don't know. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. No, I, I totally get what you're saying because there are things that you can empower them to do themselves, but we don't always necessarily empower our kids to do. But then we have these high expectations of them in other realms. It's like yeah. when it's like when parents ask a child, you know, when they're getting divorced, which parent do you want to live with? Which is just like a really cool thing to do to a child. Like. <laughs> Because I remember friends growing up who had that happen to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're just like, I don't want to choose between my parents. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's all about, you know, about how parents needing their child to make them feel good. Right? Yeah. Just, like, just, I'm the parent you want, you know. Mm-hmm. I yeah. need you. I need you to choose me. 
<laughs> yeah. It's horrible. I need you to fir- affirm my life and my, you know, validation yeah. being. <laughs> you have to validate. That's your job as my kid to validate my life. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, there are probably people, some people even, on the earth who have children for that exact reason. But There are a lot of people and they don't even have to be going through a divorce to actually act that way with their kids. Right. Like, yeah. like what we went, were saying before, like your child pushes you away a little bit when you're trying to comfort them and you take it personally. Well, mm-hmm. you know, OK, there's a clue that there's something you need to heal from right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Needs to be cleared. Yeah. It's, it's just sad. Um, I haven't, I haven't read it, but have you seen the Oprah has a new book out? No, I, I didn't. Yes, I have. I've seen it come up cause I follow her on Instagram and I, so I read, she's had some different blurbs, but basically it's about, you know, trauma she endured as a child and about healing. I mean, it's, I think it'll be a, a really interesting book. She co-wrote it with, um, with a doctor I haven't looked into it enough to know what kind of doctor but I'm I'm assuming he's like you know a a, you know a psychologist or something like that but um uh but anyway it looks it looks pretty fascinating and it's really just on on that you know how our childhood affects us and all sorts Mm, like a pretty book yeah sounds good I have so many books I want to read I know (laughs) just like I don't read them all. Like I'm, I'm sorry to force myself to not like watch TV sometimes when I would just do that out of habit and just read my book instead. There's yeah. so many I want to read. I've I've been doing that. I kind of set a tone for myself, like not to watch TV after dinner. You know, basically not at all because that would be the only time I could watch it, like Monday through Thursday. But then letting myself. But I've found myself like in the last two or three weeks, I've only watched TV like two times mm. <clears throat> and I've just been doing other things, but I was, had been watching it so much, like, <laughs> and I felt like a vegetable, you know, like this, <laughs> this is not how I want my brain to be, to be working. No. But yeah, so there are so many books. I think I have like three or four right now that I'm currently reading. So every time I sit down, I'm like, which one am I going to read today? You know? I, know. <laughs> I just need to finish one and move on to the next one, I guess. I know. I'm reading a good one called Emotional Agility by oh, Dr. Cool. Susan David. It's really, really good. I, oh. I heard it on a podcast and I really found the conversation interesting. So I, I ordered the book. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, um, a lot of my reading right now is all around weird stuff. Like you know just like i'm still reading that fringology fringology mm-hmm. um but it's it's not stuff that you can read really fast like like it there's a lot of information in it some of it yeah um so but yeah and then i just got a i actually just got a book on um downtown edmonds because i want to develop a ghost tour for downtown edmonds and that's been kind of interesting it's a really easy read but you know it's it's funny someone said to me on on the ghost tour last week they're like who lives in the area and they said it's really crazy how you can live somewhere for all or most of your life and not know anything about this (laughs) i'm like this is really true and i think it's pretty common too that people yeah it is though yeah it's like how lots of foreign people have been to all kinds of places in the u.s 
they're like oh yeah we spent time in yosemite and i'm like i've never been there they're like what you've never been there and i'm like well the u.s is a big place you know (laughs) it it is a really big place well i remember learning you know that about the basically the underground in las vegas but all all the like the 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 huge city of homeless people that live in the yeah i remember reading an article about that too and i was like what (laughs) exactly it's like how come i never knew about this I know. And, yeah, that was pretty crazy. But you just, you just don't. Um, that's part of the thing I love about doing my Seattle tours. I've learned, you know, there's a lot of history, and it's fun to just, it's fun to teach people about that part. You know. Like, yeah. Um, I know. Well, next time I come, I can come out there. You have to take me on a tour. Oh, for sure. A personal yeah. tour. That'd be fun. It's it's fun. I have a lot of fun. It's it it really gives me energy. I. Like some nights I'm like, oh, I got to drive, but I love it. I, when I'm done, I have such a like rush from it, you know? Yeah, because use... you're doing something you love. Yeah, yeah. And interacting with people with common interests, right? And um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I like it a lot. Yeah, I like, I like doing stuff like that too. I'm so starved for like in real life, like hanging out with friends. <laughs> even just other people like I know you know I get to see like some of our family and you know Pete and the kids and I'm glad that I don't live alone like I feel lucky for that but I'm also like I just get so much of my I feel like that's been part of my problem this lockdown because we've moved to this new area and I don't know anybody I couldn't go out to see anywhere of the area and like I know like one non-family person in the area, you know, so it's just like, yeah, yeah. Oh. we're all, I mean, everyone's starved for that. And even, I mean, and there's different kinds of connecting, right? Like obviously connecting with a group of complete strangers over a common interest is really mm-hmm. different, you know, connecting with, um, but that, you know, with people who I know, like that, that was the fun thing about the day I finished my Reiki stuff and we sat around and we just had the greatest time because we've gotten to know each other so well and we all mm-hmm. get the same things. And it was the first time that we just kind of enjoyed each other's company socially because we were mm-hmm. always in class. And it was like, it was just so energizing. It was so fun. You know, you're like, oh, this this is how life should be, right? We should have more opportunities for these moments. That's why when I go out, like, because I've learned, too, um, that actually the little mini interactions we have with people, like talking to, like, the cashier or saying hello to someone in passing, you know, those conversations, Mm -hmm. even, like, the random conversations you have on the train, like, how important those are. Um, Those connections are way more important than people ever think. Um, mm-hmm. But these days, you're usually just always buried in your phone or your headphones or whatever. And so people don't really chat very often. But I just, I appreciate those people because I'm that kind of person that'll, like, interject random, like, questions and hellos to people. <laughs> like, when I'm around strangers. Yeah. And I remember the other week weekend, I took the kids, Pete, um, was it work? So I took the kids to the grocery store and like because we've been in lockdown they haven't been with me in so long so they were really excited because it was a novelty and they were all piled into the shopping cart and there was like this older couple and the man's like 
He's like, oh, did you find those in here? Where, where can I get one of those? You know, pointing to the kids. And Aww. I was like, you know, I said, yeah, they're three for the price of one. You should go. It's a bargain <laughs> on aisle five. And he started laughing. And it was just like that. Like, I don't know. It was just nice. It's also nice because you know, he had that feel of like a grandfather. And, you know, we've, we've been missing our grandparents for so long. Like, he, it's just like a certain magic that you get from that relationship with grandparents. It's different, isn't it? Yeah. It reminded yeah. me of that. Yeah. Well, something we that like Bumpy or something would have said. Yeah, a hundred percent. And he came up when you were you we were you were sharing earlier about you know older generation. That's who I was thinking of was Bumpy. He was that classic. You know, you just trusted him, and he he said yeah. things only that needed to be said, and not in a way that was judgmental or. Mm. you know yeah he's I remember being little and like walking with him into into town in in Boonville and like holding his hand and I remember feeling so proud because he was always smiling and chatting and he knew everybody and everybody always talked to him and there was just this sense that like I've got a cool grandfather you know like I don't know it was just like and he always made me feel seen as well you know like something about him he was good at that he did because he did see you that's that's yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because when you were talking about you know these little chats and I'm usually that person I think people like you and I we're we do we see people and we notice in a moment where it might be nice for them to be seen and you just say something or you ask or you notice something about them or you know then you have this 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 exchange energetically basically that you can feel like oh that was the right thing to do and yeah yesterday I was out I came back we were walking back to her house and uh she and there was I had my overalls on I love my overalls I wear them all the time and there was this couple probably 10 years older than me and he was wearing overalls and I wasn't really paying attention to him but he made a point of saying hey you and I, you know, like we have the same wardrobe or, you know, like just this really cute comment. And, and it was nice in that moment to be seen by someone else and to have someone feel, you know, like comfortable. We just had this really pleasant exchange about like, why don't more people wear overalls? You know what I mean? It was really (laughs) funny. And, you know, little Finley's like, you guys have on the same clothes. (laughs) Like we do. It was really, but you know, it's, it's nice. I think you, you don't realize how much you just need that sometimes and how yeah. that little exchange can feel so meaningful. Um, and, and in that moment, I think, okay, I think it's affirming like, okay, that guy just made me feel really seen and really happy. And, and so, you know, I think that's what happens hopefully when, when I notice things about other people, you know, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was pretty cute though. Um, yeah. Although you have to, <laughs> Although there is there is the opposite when you're like like a a a mother of twins and like you're like sleep deprived and somebody in the grocery <laughs> store comes up to you and is like are they twins and you're like I think so <laughs> I don't know just have two babies the same age and the, you know what I mean. <laughs> I remember I knew I knew a friend who was like someone some lady in the grocery store tried to tell her that her kids weren't really twins because they weren't identical. <laughs> like 
That's not the definition of twins, but okay, thanks. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I mean, there are those people, right? Depending on your mood, you're in that moment where you're like, you know. Don't talk to me. (laughs) Is is asking dumb questions a habit of yours? Like. Oh my but God. I'm one of those people like I always like make eye contact with everybody you know like mm-hmm. I'm like, like hey you can I talk to you and I still remember going when I was 16 I went to visit Jonathan and Jacqueline in New York and like like I was just always walking around looking at people Jonathan's like stop making eye contact with people <laughs> like, what why That's like, this, so is, funny. this is New York <laughs> We don't do that here. That's really funny, Kelly, because this morning I, I read this. Um, it was a meme on Dolores Cannon's page, and it had to do with gazing into each other's eyes, like the power and how you have en- energetic exchanges. You share information and all this powerful stuff. I'll have to share it with you. Mm. And I was like, that's why people don't like lo- looking in each other's eyes when they're speaking, because mm. it's it's kind of probably kind of scary, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, but it was a really fascinating concept. I'll have to share it. I I thought of sharing it like on one of my pages earlier and I didn't get to that. But it's funny that you bring that up because I was totally thinking about it this morning, um, having read that meme. It can be really uncomfortable because I've done an exercise like that with a group of women and like we would exchange every now and then, but we didn't ex- we would exchange like a mantra that like we were trying to embody like I am free and then we'd we'd say it and then the person we were looking at we'd have to look straight in their eyes and then reply back with their same like mantra and we'd say you are free and then we'd exchange it the opposite way if that makes sense but like you'd have to look in their eyes for quite a long time first as part of the ex- part of the exercise and it, it could be like really daunting like yeah. especially because you don't know these people very well mm-hmm. but I mean like when they say that windows are you know or that eyes are like windows to the soul like, yeah a hundred percent right like, oh yeah definitely yeah it's kind of funny because like I have this weird thing where like I've always everyone's you know knows oh I have brown eyes but like I actually don't have completely brown eyes mm-hmm. and a lot of people have never noticed that like even people have been really close with and there's been like some a few random people that have, have that have like noticed and said something and like it's so funny how like in that moment like I felt really seen like someone was paying enough attention to me to notice that yeah like and you just realize how how much we how often we don't really look at each other yeah your like, eyes are your eyes are like a brown hazel, aren't they? Kind of like yeah, they have a lot of like gold in them, and a, mm-hmm. there's like a tiny tint of green in part of it. And yeah, but I remember one time in high school, a friend a friend that you you would know, but I'm not gonna, I don't want to mention their name, but um, uh, told me he was looking in my eyes and he's like, "Your eyes look like quilts." <laughs> I was like, "What does that mean?" But he was like. I don't know. There's just a lot of little patterns in them, but it's the same thing. I'm like, you're really looking that closely at my eyes. Wow. I know. You're like, oh, that's feels <laughs> feels kind of nice. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, I was probably horrified and uncomfortable. The time, whole, yeah. like, you were honest. you were really in your moment of discomfort then, right? Were you sitting with it, Lauren? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I probably was like, shut up. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> 
That's one of the things I found fascinating about this article I read about, like, how Zoom fatigue is real. And, like, there's a really useful article that, like, just talks about these four points. And one of them that just blew my mind was, like, part of it is because we don't distance ourselves, like, from, from the camera. And, like, we're just staring at a bunch of these spaces, like, up close. And our brain... In normal situations, our brain is only that close to somebody when we're either going to be intimate or we're about to have a fight. (laughs) So so our brain the whole time is like going back and forth between like these two interpretations, you know, and how that contributes to this feeling of fatigue at the end. And I was just like, wow, that's fascinating. And so now like... um. I try to like pull back sometimes or um, the, one of the other tips was like hide yourself view, which makes a big difference as well. Cause nobody enjoys staring at their own face for that long <laughs> for a whole day. <laughs> All day. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny. Like, yeah. Um, like that you mentioned that. Cause like my whole dilemma with the whole whiskey and weird thing that there's something to be like, like the mirror image of myself while I'm doing that. Cause I have something to engage with and yeah. it has been hard to not, I can't just stare into nothingness like for an hour. So I'm trying, I'm really struggling with that, but I saw this meme the other day. I was at work and it was, it was from the Rocky movie and mm-hmm. it, it was uh, Stallone and Mr. T like just about to fight. And they're like nose to nose and it shows it shows them nose to nose, you know, kind of staring intently at each other. Mm-hmm. And then it shows another picture where like Rocky's hand is up on Mr. T's face, like mm-hmm. like like almost like caressing. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> the hand changes everything. Cause in one it looks like they're about to throw down. And then in the next one, it totally looks like they're about to kiss each other, but it's the same <laughs> same profile pic. And I was like, that's so crazy. Yeah. Pretty that's funny. So, that's funny. Yeah. But it, it is really true. Like, I get that. It's all right? about perspective, right? Yeah. And and I think it's, you know, like when you talk about being that close, like staring at people in, in the eyes, it kind of kind of speaks to the fact that that fighting can be a very intimate and power mm. too right not yeah. necessarily has to be bad but when you're angry with something and you're expressing yourself in that way that there's an intimacy to it <clears throat> um, a di- obviously a different kind of intimacy hopefully than when you're making love but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but there might be some weird confusion around that you know like yeah use sex to work out their anger That's yeah I'm gonna have to think about that because I never really you know like but there could be something there to that right yeah like just like intimacy confusion or something well yeah because what right like because people always say oh makeup sex is the best kind and maybe there's some weird correlation between those two things because they're both signs of intimacy in some way yeah well I mean and and sex of course is a hugely energetic exchange like it's that's all that's more so what's happening than anything else right yeah there's other things being exchanged too but the energetic exchange (laughs) 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 no but that's it's interesting though because um 
Where's my thought go? My brain's getting tired. Of yeah, no, I know. It's time for you to go to bed, Kelly. I know. Yeah. Oh. And I probably we just threw you off because we were talking about weird, angry sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Sometimes you just need that, I guess. <laughs> I wouldn't really know. It's been a long time for me, so. <laughs> Oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say that, you know, because people say that um, it's actually if you meet a couple that never, ever fights, that's probably not necessarily a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, and when if you think about it and the fact that if fighting is is some kind of type of intimacy, then I don't know. I just I'd never thought about it from that angle before. So it was just something made me think about that, like. Yeah, it's healthy to have some fighting in your relationships, you know. Well, because I mean, and yeah, a lot of times they go south because we don't, we don't really, we don't, you know, we haven't been taught to communicate as effectively, or we're scared to share certain things. But yeah, but you know, if you trust your partner enough, you know, you're gonna have fights sometimes or arguments because you can't agree on everything, right? And and yeah. just to be able to safely express your emotions and, and, and it's all just like with any other outburst that anyone has, it's really how you handle it after the fact than it is the during. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I guess it would be on how you define fighting. If you, if your experience of fighting is people all out screaming and yelling and throwing things and you, abusing. You know, yeah. Yeah, then you might be like, oh, we don't fight because having a disagreement. Yeah, a disagreement or an argument, maybe, maybe a better word for it. Yeah, yeah. But we all use words in the English language differently based on our experience with those words, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I hate the word sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I hate it. Uh, Anyway. um, It's like, whatever. (laughs) That's what it feels like to me. I don't know why that but yeah sure yeah sure whatever whatever (laughs) that's what I say to my kids sometimes when I don't understand what they're telling me (laughs) sure Uh uh-huh yeah sure that's interesting (laughs) maybe that's where it comes from yeah maybe maybe. I I feel and I feel really bad sometimes like when I don't understand what one of my kids is telling me or like like because because i know they can tell like even if they can't in the moment like there must be some like understanding of energy that like i'm giving off this you know fake sense of acknowledgement yeah (laughs) and i'm always hyper aware of that but i'm like i just don't know how to get out of this because i can't ask you (laughs) 10 more times what you're trying to tell me like sometimes then i'm like charlotte do you know what he's trying to say yeah you know (laughs) I know and you feel bad. I it's funny that like I that was something you know being a preschool teacher that I experienced all the time. Mm-hmm. And I after you know so many years I you know you'd play along and then I and then I mean and of course I was actively engaging in this all the time. So I would think you know I got to to certain places that a lot of people wouldn't because by the time you think about it your kids are older but I these are kids I interacted with all the time, right? But I got to a point where I would I would just be really honest and I would get down eye level and I'm saying I'm having a really hard time understanding what you're saying. Can yeah, you I do. I do do that. Yeah. 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 And I and I, you know, but that's just 
but I did that for a long time. And then I'm like, well, that's not really very fair. Like it's better to just let them know because they like you to your point that they sense it. They know it's easier just to say it out loud. Right. Like I'm having a hard time understanding. Yeah. And I do, I do go that route sometimes. I think it depends on what stage of the day I'm in and how much patience I have. Well, it's different when you're getting paid to do it versus yeah, exactly versus your own children and like yeah, yeah, on your own with three small children, yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's not, but but and true. I mean, I spent probably at least half of my career still trying to pretend I knew what someone was saying. You know, I always you we should resurrect sometime those. I used to love those little books you'd give me. With like all the random things kids from your class said during the year. Oh yeah, <laughs> those were so fun. Yeah, I do, yeah, I have a couple of those buried away. That was like always my favorite thing. Like kids yeah. saying the funniest stuff. Yeah, I I I try to write like I take notes of the things. Sometimes that's why I share them on Facebook so I can remember them. But like, I also have um, these little books. I have for Ashton and Evelyn and Charlotte and I just write things about them. I started when the twins were quite young. So Charlotte's I didn't start till she was a little bit older, but I just write down like random things that they do or say or how they interact or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like I had mom write a note to them in it. And it's just like this whole idea of when they're older, like, I don't know, maybe 18 or something. I want to give it to them. Aww. It'll just be all these little snapshots from their life almost to have because, you know, when you when you get to a certain age and probably maybe not even when they're 18, maybe when they're a bit older, but you know how like some somewhere along the way you forget who you were and you're all like how both of us in our own personal development are trying to get back to the things we were and our inner child and reconnect and reparent and I don't know I just had this idea that it would be cool if they could go back and read that and read all these little memories of yeah random things they said or did that they might not remember otherwise yeah that and they don't have to necessarily remember I mean yeah but it would just be fun to be like oh that's cool like that rings true for me like I didn't know I did that but now it makes sense why I do this now or you know yeah well, and it's funny how, you know, we talked, I talked on my, my thing about memories and how, you know, we, we remember things in the way that they serve us or served us in that time, but then, mm-hmm. but, you know, you don't always know. Um, but, but I think it's a beautiful gift too, because it shows your kids that you, you were, you were paying attention. You were seeing mm. them, noticing those things. That's what I love. I never, I never got in the habit of doing something like that, but I love one of the things I love about Facebook is that, you know, Noah was just starting school when Facebook, you know. Yeah, and so you get the fun little pictures. The, yeah. the pictures and the quotes. Like, Noah has said some of the funniest stuff that I would never have remembered. Mm. And every time, every year, you know, it comes up in my memory feed and I just, you know, like, die laughing. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. I love because Beth puts on the best stuff, like, the best things that, like, her son says and then I love how sometimes she just like she reshares one of them she's like I'm just here for the memories I'm like yeah I totally get that yeah it's pretty fun he's a funny kid I know yeah 
Well, you should go to sleep, sweet sister. It's late for you. Yeah. Right? Yep. Looks like the birthday party was fun. Yeah, it was. It was, it was fun. I really, really, really loved the moment when you asked the kids when you were up in the thing, like, what day is it today? And Ashton says, it's our birthday. And he's like, happy birthday to us. I know. I was dying. I was like, this is the sweetest thing. I know. I know. It was super cute. It was very cute. I'm like, that's right. Hold it's on. It's so funny because I always forget to other people. They sound like they have accents, but I'm just used to hearing them like that. So like, oh, yeah. I don't hear them that way, you know? Well, what I think is funny, like when people comment on your videos, because I don't hear, I don't. I mean, I hear you say certain things that I know are because you're in England and you're picking up phrases or words mm-hmm. that are things. But I don't hear an accent in you at all. But when people, people, I've not, other people because, hear yeah, I've not talked to you for a while. They pick it up more or something. Yeah, they're like, "Do you have an accent?" And I'm thinking, "No, she doesn't." But. <laughs> I just remember my friends like giving me a hard time because I was like using the word proper with everything. Yeah. And like and like Jenny and Lindsay and stuff were all like hanging out one night and I was like, yeah, the hard part about I forget where I was at the time. I must have been in I don't it might have been living in England. I don't know where I was living, but I'm like, you just can't get a proper bagel anywhere. And they just started laughing and they're like, a proper bagel? <laughs> I don't know. Like my friend Sarah one time telling me that I said the word bloody all the time. She's like, yeah, I've been saying bloody all weekend. And I'm like, have I? I didn't even know I said it. And she's like, well, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, because I really like hearing you say it. <laughs> well, I, your kids were saying oi the other day on a video. I was like, oh, I know. They get oh that from God, their father. Oi. Well, oh, I know. And I was conscious of the fact when I said it as well, because when I worked at this place, when I worked um, one of my previous jobs, there was a guy that had worked for our company in England for a year. And when he came back, I used to help him with like his paperwork and stuff. And when he was coming back, helping him get his moves sorted. And when he came back, he was he he said the word process instead of process and I remember I made fun of him at the time like process you know and then now I say it and I always think think of that memory <laughs> so. it, well it's funny because my my friend Arlene she's from Canada so she says process too she's she says a number of things that are that you know are very English to me right yeah but anyway I'm, I'm always fighting that because is either an American or a British person that's telling me I'm saying something the wrong way or whatever. So like, I can't even remember now how, to, how like certain words are said. You know what I mean? Like, I have to think twice about it. Because, like, because there has to be a right or a wrong way to say it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like data or data, route or route, you know? <laughs> schedule or schedule. I know. As long as I know what H or H. <laughs> Herb or herb? Uh, you know what I Tomato, tomato. Potato, potato. Oh, wait. They don't say potato. No, we don't say potato. Um, <laughs> I find that the spelling of words, like I still spell words in the very old, like English, like strunk in white, like 
you know, like travel, for instance, if you add an ED or an ING, you add an extra L and yeah. that's very not American, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's how I do it, you know? So when I spell words, I find that I, I, I kind of resort back to, to that. Know, all those lines are blurred for me now. Like I'm always having to like, I had to get good quickly when I started working here, at, like getting my spellings right, like color and with an O-U-R and, you know, oh. using an S instead of a, a Z <laughs> or a Z. <laughs> Um, I was like, oh, look, it's a zebra or a zebra. uh, I'm always trying to tell Charlotte things. I'm like, you know, in America, we say it like this. In in America, (laughs) zebra. The one I have a really hard time saying is vitamins. I just can't say vitamins, so I still say vitamins. Oh, yeah. Some of that would be hard. Or there's different words, like they, they say things differently, like... I always get confused with like, I say specialty, but here in England they say speciality, or like, don't so wait, don't don't put pressure. I? Is there an extra I in that word? Yeah, speciality. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. And then that makes like, sense. They use the word pressurize here a lot instead of pressure. Don't don't pressurize them, and you know, that always confuses me because I never grew up with that word. So that would be confusing. There's always certain terms like that. I'm like, what? The reason I asked about like the speciality is because it, it you know, one of the things, the silly things that annoy you is like when people say the word mischievous wrong, and they say mischievous, and I'm always like. There's, there's not an eye in the end of that. There's not. It's just mischievous. Yeah. And everyone pronounces it incorrectly. <clears throat> it's like, like the whole thing with regardless and irregardless. And how <laughs> irregardless is actually in the dictionary. But like there's these like people on both camps that are like, no, it's okay to use it. And you're like, no. <laughs> just well, say regardless. Because the problem is, it doesn't mean what people try to make it mean. That's the problem, right? If you say, you're like, you don't need to say irregardless, because regardless is the word you intend to use here. Like, yeah. that's, that's the whole point. And some of the stuff that's been put in our dictionary has only been put there because too many dumb people use it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't very nice. But like, eight. Really? We're going to put ain't in the dictionary because we need it to be a word. It's just a slang word. It doesn't need to be in the dictionary. I know. Ain't ain't a word and you ain't supposed to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, We should probably wrap it up. Okay. Talking forever and ever, right? I know. To sleep. All right, I love talking you, marathon one day. <laughs> okay. We should. We'll just yeah. record like twelve episodes in one yeah. day. <laughs> oh. Okay. Right. Love you, Boba Head. All right. Love you, Clico Vision. Have a okay. good sleep. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.